Hello friends, welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Welcome to the week of the big kickoff and welcome to an annual Kings of Anglia pre-season season preview special. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host and I'm joined by the entire bloody shebang of Kings this week. I'm going to start, of course, with the young guns, just been having some fun in Austria, the boy Roscoe and the even younger boy AJ. I'm going to start with you, AJ. How are you? Uh, recovered just about. Uh, there was a lot of travel. That's uh, Saturday travel. Saturday, yeah. Saturday travel was fairly intense. I think we were going for about ten hours with all the delayed trains getting back from the airport to go to Cambridge and having to slog our way through London after one of the wildest uh, flights I think Mill Ross ever had, uh, which I think we might need to touch on briefly because that was um, a real experience. Uh, so recovered. A little bit, but uh, yeah, ready to go is the best way to put it. Rossi, you're okay. You're wearing your your, your branded, your sponsored Kings of Anglia shirt today. Very nice. In your colour, of course, available in the KOA shop. Um, get yourself one of them ahead of the season. How are you, Ross? I'm very well. I'm just about recovered from, um, as Alex just touched upon, um, the journey that was getting back to the UK. Um, but still buzzing, buzzing, buzzing um, from... A very good trip to Innsbruck, and uh, yeah, that that flight was very interesting. Um, which let's talk didn't... about that. Let's talk about that in a minute because I want to. I want to uh, say hello. We welcome back for a few days only the doctor Stuart Watson, held hostage to his decision to procreate, and thus <laughs> I do that. the tyranny of the school holidays. Stewie, how are you? I'm fine. That's completely non-factual because I've been on my own the entirety of last week. Um... But you, that was it. Was school holidays, wasn't it? Or school holidays, yeah. Yeah. I sent my go. wife and daughter away while I was I've been working on <laughs> Be off. side hustle Be other off projects. You. <laughs> yeah. And you're heading you're you're with us, I think, for a couple of days, and you're off to Disneyland Paris, which is tremendously exciting. I am, yes. Yeah, looking <laughs> forward to that. Got my Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> I haven't. I might get some. We'll see. Did you did you feel a bit left out, Stewie, looking at all the uh, tremendous content the boys were pumping out? I was just saying before we started, I really enjoyed the uh, the podcast. I did that. I was mowing the lawn, doing all my Sunday jobs yesterday and had my earphones in listening to that. It made me laugh uh, on a few occasions. I enjoyed the tales of, of the boys' trip. Sounded sounded good fun. Do you take the standard approach, Sue? So your, your wife and daughter were away last week. Do you take the standard approach of, of basically not doing anything until the day they're due to be back and then oh, doing yeah. a mad a mad house tidy slash lawn mow slash anything you think the wife might have expected you to do? Yeah, 100%. You leave it to everything to the last minute and then you're just running around the house like a madman picking up dirty plates and <laughs> shoving a hoover around and yeah. doing the and bare then, minimum. And then when they get back, you go, oh, I tell you what, I've done a lot of cleaning. Have you seen this? Now clean the houses. Tell you what. Yeah. Anyway, what... boys, Alex, tell me about this flight then. What was what made it the wildest flight you've ever been on? Um. Yeah, one thing in particular. So I think there were a few town fans that uh, had booked onto our flights. I think we had a couple of the media team that travelled with us. Matt Holland. Matt Holland yeah. was on there. Yeah, we, we didn't have... Flies yeah. commercial, unbelievable. I know. We didn't have the uh, the actual team with us this time. We did have uh, a few key members that were, were with us. So we get on then, and it was a little bit strange as the uh, stewardess got us to cheer, saying, have you all had a good holiday? And we had to cheer. And then she went, oh, we can do better than that. And we had to cheer louder. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So we did, I, didn't, I didn't flights. cheer. I didn't, I didn't cheer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Um, 
And then we have an announcement that comes through the tannoy that says, oh, due to the weather and the, the plane being a little bit late in, we've, we've again, we've missed our slot. We've had this a few times so far going to and from Austria. Um, so we're going to be delayed. Uh, worst case scenario, an hour. Probably not an hour, but, you know, potentially. Spoiler in the alert. air, this is. This is the no, no, no. Air. This was before we were taking off. Okay. So they'd all loaded us onto this plane and uh, then told us it would be delayed by an hour. They couldn't start the engines for another hour. So um, that's my worst thing is at least leave us in the airport so we can stretch and get some food. But no, we're all stuck on the plane. Um, so to keep us entertained, uh, Stuart has got us playing some games all together. So Classic. Uh, the one that I remember was uh, we all had to reach up and press the service bell. And whoever was the first to get like the full row lit up was the winning side, the left <laughs> oh and the right. God. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so we had God. that. There are a few sweet moments. I think they let some kids up to go into the cockpit and meet the pilot. Oh, that's not sweet. That. That's annoying. Kids shouldn't be on flights. Get rid of them. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, after we'd already had the uh, the whole cheering thing and racing to put the lights on, we eventually get up in the air after an hour. Uh, it was the full hour, yes. And then we take off in some quite bumpy conditions. Flight's okay. I had a nice little nap. Ross edited photos and did not look up from his phone for the entire two hours. And nice. then uh, as we land, she got us all to do stretches. So we all had to go up like this. Can you touch the lights again? And then down, touch your ankles. Uh, and I felt like I was on some like kids' camp holiday. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the Groovy Gang, Ross. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, yes. Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> yes. It was groovy. like that. And uh, yeah. just like Rodney, we, we felt a little bit too old for it, I think. Yeah. So um, that was uh, not one of the most enjoyable flights I've ever had. Maybe the one bit that Stu was quite happy to miss overall, yeah. Uh, I, I reckon that sounds like one of my least favourite things on Earth. I think surely everyone's <laughs> least favourite thing is enforced fun. <laughs> yeah. When you're yeah. In, a, in an enclosed space and suddenly you're trapped by enforced fun. Not for me at all. Uh, but I want to say, boys, I want to place on record, actually, because I, I was a little bit worried about this trip, given, Alex, you've only been with us for three weeks. And, Ross, I think it's probably fair to say you can be a bit of a loose cannon. And my <laughs> my, uh, my my fears were kind of confounded when you asked for money for beer before you uh, before you went on the trip. And I had to point out it wasn't a holiday. <laughs> I did enjoy that text dropping yeah. in our group chat. That was not Dad, me. can I have some money? <laughs> this yeah. was, this was Ross's text. It's just beer and that. Well, no, yeah. Ross. It's a working. It's working <laughs> anyway. But I thought you did tremendously, boys. You did. You pumped out so much content. Obviously, you had a lot of stuff to cover and be across. Um, but we've had so much stuff back from you. The, the, the match day itself, obviously, all over that. Multiple live bits, uh, a podcast, a behind the scenes of the tour. Um, I must say, on this note, by the way, I'm quite interested, friends. Watch this for the season ahead because. I've long wanted us to do more behind the scenes stuff. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Hutchie, um, to an extent, Stewie, kind of took a grumpy old man approach to that. No, I want to get filmed when I'm riding a car. But obviously now we've got AJ, who's bang up for it. And we've got Ross, who's bang up for it. So, Stu, how do you feel about, about literally filming everything you're going to be doing this season? I don't think I've got <laughs> much choice, have I? <laughs> Um, I can't wait for this. It's going to be brilliant. I do like. I liked playing um, sort of Ross Bingo when I was watching some of these various <laughs> videos. Um, we'll have to get the sort of the full list of these, but all, all that jazz uh, featured multiple times. Um, what was the, quote, the, the shout, shout out to the toilet? That one. shout out to the toilet just while he was yeah. showing us around the hotel room. That was that was a highlight. 
yeah. amazing. Uh, and AJ obviously uh, revealing Ross that you're going to full Steve McLaren mode when you're uh, in in a restaurant because obviously yeah. Daddy Sue wasn't there to sort of keep an eye on you and, and tell you when to behave. So uh, you took the lead on that. Yes and no. I think we took it in terms of like, when are we going to ask a Austrian person where to mm. go or yeah. can, can we have this on the menu? And <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I pushed I... you to the front a bit. I was yeah. kind of thinking, you're you're the, the presenter, man. You're the one who's good at all this kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, I'm quite tired. It's, like, it's fine. You know what? And also, towards the end, when I noticed he was doing this, I just kind of thought, oh, this would be funny. I can just stand back and, and watch him try and negotiate in this really strange <laughs> accent. And it was totally worth it. And I really enjoyed that. Outstanding. Someone suggested, actually, on the back of some of the stuff you shared, a, a Ross reality show where he literally just has mm. a camera strapped to him, just follows him around for a month. I think that'd be... Yeah. I think that would break records, I've got to be honest. The sort of scrapes that you get yourself into um, and the scenarios that you, you end up in would be would be brilliant. Anyway, well done, boys. Seriously, I mean that. You did really well. Um, I'm uh, like a proud, sort of cool older brother, I'd say, uh, about your efforts there. But today, of course, we're here to talk about the big kickoff, boys. It's very exciting. It's finally here. It seems like it's taken weeks to get to this point. A bit of a slog of a pre-season. We've got a new king on board. He's integrated into the squad. He's got minutes in his legs and he's rowing to go for this Sunday. So what we're going to do, as we do annually, you'll know the format if you've listened to this before. We've got various uh, categories which we're going to discuss, flash up our answers and then have a chat around. Um, so by the end of the show, you'll know essentially what we think is going to happen at Ipswich Town this season, where they might finish, um, the teams to watch, who's going to be the best player, who's going to score the most goals, etc., etc. Um, so without further ado, should we jump straight into it? Um, let's start as we always tend to do with the best summer signing for town, Alex, so far, because you, you took this to mean the entire championship. So I hope you've got an answer for town. There's not too many to pick from, of course. Um, I'd like, like to do, boys, if we write it all down and then we can reveal and discuss just to make it slightly more visual for the subscribers watching this. And also so Ross can't just go whatever Stu says. Damn it. <laughs> right then. Are you have you have you scribed it, boys? Best summer signing for Richard Town so far is three, two, one. Oh, I like this. Look, Stu's back and he's not he's not messing around. He's immediately gone to a different level. So just flash them up again. I've got George Hurst. Ross has got George Hurst. AJ's got Amari Hutchinson and Stu, the big dog. Kieran McKenna. Let's start with you then, Stu. Will you allow that? It yeah, I'll allow bit... it because he has signed. So, yeah, I didn't feel great writing that. I've gone for Kieran McKenna. It's not technically a signing, but it is because he signed a new four-year deal. And um, yeah, I think there's obviously some more business to be done from what Mr. Ashton's saying. Um, but for now, of the of everything that's happened this summer, getting Kieran's tied down to four years for me is is the biggest bit of business that Ipswich have done. Fair play, like it. Um, Rossi, do you want to talk about George Hurst? Yeah, of course. I, I was going to go down that route. I, I was even going to maybe do Connor Chaplin a new deal, but I thought, no, I'm going to do the standard. And I thought George Hurst was, uh, I wouldn't say an obvious one, but I think it was, you know, we, we needed a sign of striker and we did. And George Hurst returned, permanent deal, um, you know, four-year contract, spent a bit of money on him, um, was fantastic last year in League One, and I think he's going to do really well in the Championship. He's done well pre-season, scored a few goals. 
um, out-jumped um, that million-pound defender for RB Leipzig. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the the right decision as it stands. Because, yeah, as you said, we've still got a month for the transfer window to go. So, as you said, signing so far... Yeah, I made, the, I made sure to say that because we haven't done that previously. That's when we look at back at this end of the season. It's so far. Clearly, there's a, there's a month left of the transfer window. Ashton says they're still having to sign two or three players. So, I've gone George Hurst as well. I think that's the obvious choice. Town clearly needed to sign a starting striker this summer. They've got a guy who knows the system, did really well in it last season. I think that's a brilliant bit of business. Um, and AJ, you've gone for Amari Hutchinson, who uh, I guess fits into the electrifying young, youngster category. Could go either way, as I said. Could be, these tend to go either brilliant, fearlessness of youth, or terrible, overawed by playing senior football for the first time. But you've been impressed with him so far. Yeah, I think based on what we've seen, okay, it's pre-season, but every time that I've watched him, he's probably been either the standout player or one of the two standout players. And you're thinking, okay, if he can do it against Cambridge, fair enough. It's it's not maybe the level that Town are going to have this season. If he can do it against Luton, you're thinking, okay, we've seen a few more signs. Then he started doing it against RB Leipzig. And you're thinking, okay, that's three games in a row now where, okay, he had the mistake towards the end, but he's really impressed. Really fast, really skillful, takes on his man, brave, good decisions and improving. Based on that first performance against Cambridge, there were really fantastic signs, but you could still see maybe a few areas where I was thinking he needs to definitely smoothen this out. Within mm. the first couple of games after, Luton, he already looked better. The Leipzig one, he already looked like he was feeling more confident using his right, which is obviously his weaker foot. A few people pointed out he feels very left-footed. I think give him a full season under Kieran McKenna and you're going to be seeing one of the best players in the championship. And wow. that might be ambitious. That's a big shout. But I think you put in a really fantastic manager who's got a great record of working with academy players and you add in someone who has the talent to reach that level and I'm confident that we're going to be seeing Towns MP- MVP for the season. You've already you've already jumped ahead there. So uh We'll come back to that in a minute. I just want to say on Amari Hutchinson, that's a brilliant setup there for AJ because on Wednesday we are launching a subscribers-only competition to win a new Ipswich Town home shirt signed by the man in question, Amari Hutchinson. You have to be a subscriber to the website to get that. So uh, if you're not signed up, um, there is also, I shouldn't probably say this, but there's also a little sale being launched on Wednesday, friends, which may be slightly better value perhaps than you get at the moment. So uh, keep an eye out for that on Wednesday. Right then, so... Two votes for George Hurst, one for McKenna, one for Amari Hutchinson. Let's jump straight on to then who's going to be the leading scorer for Ipswich Town this season and how many goals are they going to get? If you can hear me writing on the audio, I do apologise. So you're already off, I've written all mine down already. So I thought that was the idea as well. You, in that case, Ross, you're far better prepared than the rest of us. Uh-huh. You have Here come prepared. Well, Tremendous. I didn't write them myself like my my, my girlfriend did because I my handwriting's <laughs> terrible. <What>? So, <laughs> so yeah. So you, shout you out to said, Sasha. You said to Sasha, "Can you write what I tell you down?" Because my writing's bad. Yes, and much. she and she went, "Yeah, no problem." It's, yeah, that's something she's happens me. quite a lot. She's missed me. I've been away for a while, so <laughs> she's missed me. So oh no. yeah, I bet she has. I bet she's missed yeah. me. like a hole in the head. Uh, right <laughs> then, friends, the leading scorer for Richard Town this season is going to be. Three, two, one. Right then, just hold them there. Stu's gone Chaplin, obviously leading scorer last season, 15. Rossi's gone Chaplin, 20. AJ's gone Hurst, 12. And I, my friends, 
have gone Nathan Broadhead 15. Right then, let's start with AJ. You're saying Hurst then. Fairly measly finally total of 12, AJ. Explain yourself. Uh, town are a team. Uh, town are a oh, team man. in the sense that I don't think there is going to be a runaway scorer this season necessarily. I think you're going to see a lot of players chipping in with near in and around double digits, which means that I don't necessarily feel there's going to be someone who's going to have the Chaplin-esque season like last year where they finished almost on 30. I think that there's going to be an attacking line that contributes with a lot of goals between them. You're going to have the wingers getting involved. We've seen how important the wingers are in McKenna's system. And I just think that they're going to be playing uh, a really important part in terms of the attacking output a bit more. I think that Broadhead will also be in and around those numbers. I think Hutchinson can do the same. I think obviously Chaplin will be the same kind of thing. Uh, Hurst leading the line is probably the one you'd expect to score the most goals. And I think it'll be slender numbers, but I think overall everyone's going to be contributing in the final third, maybe a little bit more than they have been in previous seasons. It's going to be a group effort. And that's kind of the, the big thing with the fact that Town haven't gone and totally knocked down what they did last season. These are players mm. that know each other well. They're a group. They've had the whole preseason camp together. They know each other very well. And I think that there's there's no real individuals in this team necessarily. And that, that will mean that it will be probably comparatively low numbers, measly numbers, but everyone's going to be playing their part. Okay. Uh, Stuart, you've gone for Connor Chaplin, uh, last season's leading scorer. You reckon he's going to repeat the trick? Not quite the same sort of numbers. Clearly will enter the season as a marked man. Why have, you, why have you picked him again? Because I think he's got the bit between his teeth. I think he's, um, you know, his finishing speaks for itself. Uh, Ipswich aren't based around sort of relying on, on the lead striker to to get the weight of the goals, as Alex sort of points out. Um, and I think 15 is, is a good, healthy number in the Championship. You look at last season... Only three players got into the 20s for goals. Akpom, Jokerez and uh, Carlton Morris at Luton. Um, 15 would be a good number. When you look at the team sort of in and around the playoffs, that, that's, a, that's a good number for, um, for for teams around there, which is where we hope if Ipswich are going to be competitive towards the top end of the table. Um, I, I'd be quite happy with that. If Chaplin can get 15 and as Alex says, others around him are chipping in with... Um, good numbers. I'd throw someone like Jack Taylor into the mix there as well, who's talked already about um, getting 10-plus goals from midfield. So you'd hope, obviously, with Ipswich's strength from set pieces last season, people can chip in from those with Leif Davis delivering and maybe centre-backs getting a few more goals along the way. So 15 I'd be very happy with from, from Connor Chaplin. I look back at what we said last year for this, and all, every single one of us picked Freddie the Dapo in this category with various numbers. Um, so it's good that we've all got different different takes this season. Ross, well, so you said Chaplin, but you said he's going to get five more than you reckon Stu's going to get. So he's going to hit that that mythical 20 again. Uh, why do you think he's going to be prolific again? He just scores goals, doesn't he? He just scores goals. Um, I know he's jumping up a level, but he has scored and played in the championship before with Barnsley, of course. Um, I just, I, as Stu said, he is just... He, in front of goal, he's just prolific. And he, he just, even in pre-season, the goal against um, Preston, you know, that was a great finish. And I just think he's just going to be alive in the box and just knows where the net is. Um, so that's the reason, that's probably the obvious answer, really, because he's he scored 27 goals last year. 
But I just feel he's just going to be there and ready for it. He's going to pounce on, you know, rebounds. He's just going to be there when you need him. He knows how to do the runs. Um, so that's why I'm going for Connor Chaplin because he's going to be hungry to want to do mm. well. Because um, his last time, you know, he was in the championship, you know, he finished in the playoffs with Barnsley. Um, he signed a new deal. So he's the man I think will score the goals. As, but I agree with Alex. I agree with what Stu said as well. This is a team full of goal scorers as well. You know, I think everyone's going to share the load with the goals. I think Chaplin's just going to be the man just to step up. He's going to score a hat-trick at some point as well this season. So that, that's what makes me think 20 goals. Okay. Be interested if he can continue this kind of ability that he's got to find space on his own in the box, completely unmarked at the higher level. Uh, I said Mason Brothead because um, I think he's going to be the leading scorer. And I think he's going to get 15 goals. I think he's going to be so important to this team. He's obviously uh, was tremendously valuable when he signed in January. What did he end up with? Was it eight goals, five assists in half a season? He, he, he scored goals for Wigan, a really bad Wigan team in the championship. I think he ended up still as their leading scorer, actually. Um, with those five goals. So he's done it before. He'll do it again. I think he's absolutely mustered. So I'm saying Nathan Broadhead to lead the line. So we've got one vote for Broadhead, two votes for Chaplin, and one vote for George Hurst in terms of leading scorers. Right, the next one, I guess, is is a big one. It's MVP, which, friends, if you're not a big fan of American sports, means most valuable player. Who's going to be the most valuable player at Ipswich Town? This coming season. This is when Ross said Shawnee Aluko last uh, last season, which was a bit of a shout. It didn't quite come to fruition, but hey. You got injured, out. all right? You got injured. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, take it. Um, who is going to be then, friends, town's most important, most valuable player in this coming season? I invite you now to reveal your answer. Three, two, one. Yes. Okay, so me and AJ have gone for Broadhead. Rossi's gone for Leaf Davis and Stewie has gone for Captain Fantastic, Super Skipper, Sam Morsey. I'm going to start with you then, Rossi. You had an absolute shambles in this question last season with Shawnee Luco. Got injured. Again, you've gone slightly left field. I suppose slightly less left field than Shawnee Luco. Leaf Davis, who was literally the left field this literally time. left field, yeah. exactly. Great. Excellent. Uh Leaf Davis, who led everyone in assists, an assist machine last season. And you think he's going to be the most important player for town this season. Why? Because he's so good. He is so good. Very good Davis, as um, Bielsa named him that one time in that clip. Uh, I just think he's going to get assists. He's going to be one of the key um, men in this squad. I know this, this team is a team, you know, um, you know they work well together. But I just think he is just a step up. Um, and I think he's going to be, he's going to thrive in the championship. And I agree with Broadhead, Morsey as well, your options. But Davis was just, when you sent over these questions... That was, to be fair, I was 50-50 on Davis or Broadhead, but I went Davis because I just think he is going to be um, vital to this team. And um, he's my pick, MVP. Like it. Stewie, I think a lot of us went for, everyone apart from Ross actually went for Morsey. Might have been a vote for Walton. I think actually said Walton last season, but um, the overwhelming pick was Morsey. And you've got Morsey again this season. Yeah, he's the glue that holds it all together for me, both on and off the pitch. He's going to bring some championship experience to this squad, which is is light in other areas. Somebody like Leif Davis hasn't got bags of championship experience, mm. a, a little bit in and out of Bournemouth in, in that loan season. Um, you can go through certain key players, Walton, Davis, Broadhead, Chaplin, etc. But I think, as I say, Morty is the one that kind of pulls it all 
together, the beating heart of the team, the engine room. He's going to add that little bit of bite, I think, when they get into championship is a real is a real grind. It's a real slog. And when they get into those winter months, I think Sam Morty is um, going to be worth his weight in gold, kind of pulling mm. them through some, some difficult moments. And I'm sure there will be some times where, as we saw last season, they had a little bit of the, the dry spell in terms of wins around Christmas time. And there'll be moments in the championship like that as well, I'm sure. And that's where I think Sam Morsey will uh, will really step up and prove his worth. Yeah, Sam Morsey is so important to this side. I love Sam Morsey. My love for him was, was taken up even more this weekend when he was tweeting about the big fight in Vegas. Sam talking about boxing. Yes, please. Right then, AJ, you're saying broadhead. I'm saying broadhead. Why are you saying broadhead? Yeah, I accidentally said Hutchinson MVP. I meant best signing earlier. I, I ah, was okay. going to go. It was it was going to be Broadhead all along. I just think he's mustard. He's so good. Uh, he's he just he screams best player in the team. He screams goals. He screams assists. He feels like a player that I think could hit double double in terms of goals. And That's assists. my shout. You can't have that. That's my oh, shout. Sorry. Okay. okay. I agree that he can hit double double in terms of goals and assists, uh, and I. Probably think that he he's going to be the one where he can unlock the defenses the best. We know that Chaplin has the the ability to find the space and to to sometimes drop a little bit deeper. Just ends up unmarked because teams just almost lose track of him a little bit in the championship. Will that happen as much? Possibly, but I think when the games get a little bit tougher, I think Broadhead's quality, his pace. And his finishing are what's going to help unlock defences. And I also like his versatility. We've seen him play up front a bit. Um, we, I've seen him drop to the right. He did that a bit in the, the Preston game where he kind of came over to where the ball was kind of really being held down. He combined uh, a lovely back heel for the Chaplin goal. He likes to get stuck in. That's what you need. A winger who can get stuck in and score. It's not really that common, I don't think, in the championships. I think he, he's the one who stands out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my, my reason for picking Broadhead can best be described in this way. Would you like some gravy or would you like some different gravy? Because I think I think Nathan Broadhead is going to be one of the best players in the championship next season. Um, I said he's going to lead the team in scoring. I think he's probably going to end up being up there in assists as well. I'm saying 15 goals, maybe 12 assists, something like that for Broadhead. I was slightly reticent about saying this because obviously I do tend to have this curse uh, whenever I start to kind of fall in love with a player, they uh, end up being absolute shite or getting injured um, or indeed <laughs> getting transferred away. So uh, I'm hoping, because I, I spoke about this double-double and then Broadhead was was seen at Luton with his, his legs strapped up. And I thought, oh no, I've done it again. But anyway, hopefully it sounds like he's going to be all right, which is good news. And I reckon he's going to be the MVP for Ipswich Town this season. So, oh. I don't wish to be the sort of the doom monger on this, but the, we all know how class Nathan Broadhead is, but mm. that is the injury concerns is what's held me back from putting him into some of these categories. If you look through his, his career, he has been a bit stop-start with muscular injuries and he's already come off with a bit of a thigh strain in, in pre-season. That's really the reason Ipswich have probably been able to get their hands on him as a League One club last season because of those slight question marks hanging over him. So that's what's prevented me going sort of all in on on Nathan Broadhead but keep him fit and um you're right he could he could really tear up the championship absolutely right then it's the one you've all been waiting for friends 
It's the Aaron Drynan Memorial Award, the surprise package of the season. Uh, obviously, Fizzy was my first pick. Last season, I went for Cameron Humphreys, which I think I absolutely nailed, actually. Um, so who are we going to go for this season? Maybe a bit harder this season, I thought, looking at the uh, the squad, given there's such a, a settled 11. Let's see what we've got. Are we ready, friends? The surprise package of this season, in memory of Aaron Dryden, he's not dead, he's at Leighton Orient, is... Ah, that's interesting. What are you doing, Watson? <laughs> Still haven't decided. Uh, okay, so we've got three votes for Marcus Harness. That's me, Rossi and AJ. And Stu, to take his time deliberating, as is his want, has come up with Caden Jackson. Go on then, Stu. You, so clearly you had... A tough decision there to make. What? Who was the other one? I had five players written five? on my list, which wow. is quite... I had a short list of five, and then I started to whittle them down. And three of them... There's two in midfield. Mm -hmm. I think the door could, could um, open for... I think people have forgotten how good Lee Evans was in the early stages of last season, and I think people have forgotten that Dominic Ball is a is a experienced, steady championship midfielder. But I then looked more towards the top end of the team. And this this goes to what I've just said about Nathan Broadhead. I think there might be some niggles along the way. And I think that might create a spot in the top end of the pitch. And then, obviously, the three that I've got down is, is Edwards, Harness. And I eventually plumped for Caden Jackson. I think Harness, is, I think the boys will touch upon, has, has done his chances no harm at all in pre-season. But Kieran McKenna really likes Caden Jackson. Um and he's, I'm not saying for one instance that he's going to tear up the championship or he's going to suddenly start loads of games, but I think he'll be a really useful option um, off the bench, probably. There'll be times where he's seen as a bit of a bespoke option, as we saw in League One last season, because of his pace, because of his work ethic, um, because of his versatility. I think Ipswich might have to be a bit more of a counter-attacking team at times against certain opposition away from home. And I think that's where Caden Jackson might come into his own. Um, I think he's improved, even though he's sort of later in his career. I think he's someone that really has got an open mind and is listening to Kieran McKenna and is getting more out of himself. So um, I think Caden Jackson, without overplaying it, might have a little uh, useful role to play in this coming season. OK. Roscoe, the rest of us all said Marcus Harness. Why did you say Mr Marcus? I think when we got promoted, some people probably think, you know, Mark Simons, he's found his level in League One and that he'll probably get sold on. Um, still, of course, a month for the window, you never know. Um, but I think he's been fantastic in pre-season and I think he's he's a player that um, I'm just looking forward to seeing how he does step up to the championship. You know, he can, he's got a goal in him as well. So, yeah, I just think out of everybody else, I think he's maybe got another point to prove. Can he step mm. up to the championship level? So that's... That's my finger mind, that one. And um, I hope he does well, because I think he's a nice lad as well. Nice eyes. Lovely eyes, great hair. Fantastic yeah. hobby, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. AJ, um, you said harness as well. And we got to, we talk about versatility being important. He played in midfield at the Innsbruck Cup. Um, how did he do there? And why do you think he's going to be the surprise package? Played well. Um, that was actually going to be the exact reason as to why I thought he could be, because... Town is so congested in a variety of different areas. The squad numbers, as we know, are only limited. Only a certain number of players will get in. 
if you're someone that can play centre midfield next to Morsi or whoever, who can play as a 10, who can play on the left, who can play on the right, it totally boosts your chances of being able to do well in this team. He has a wonderful eye for a pass. I can't remember, I think it was an assist for, I can't remember which game it was off the top of my head. Now he had the wonderful through ball, um, which I can't remember if was scored in the end. I just remember the pass really well. I think I talked to Ross as all the preseason games kind of blend into one eventually. Um, He's got an eye for a pass. He can beat his man. He's fast. He's versatile. He just feels maybe a bit in a similar kind of Dumball way, Swiss Army knife a little bit, maybe not quite as versatile. Um, He's had a point to prove as well. That's Mm. the biggest thing is that I think he's probably been aware that the step up is something that he could find hard and in the squad and with the money that town have to get championship proven players in, he's got to show that he's absolutely capable of making the step up to this level. And he's played like his life's on the line for some of the games. So if he can continue to do that, I'm not saying necessarily he'll be someone that's going to start every single game, but especially in a very rigorous championship season where you're not always going to have all your midfielders fit. You're not always going to have your wingers and your tens fit. He can just slot in really nicely. And I think he will provide a really solid option Mm. and someone that can show McKenna, actually, you know what, I can compete at this level and I can start scoring and providing assists and playing really well. I I talked about McKenna liking Caden Jackson. He likes Marcus Harness. Marcus Harness played in virtually every game last season, either as a starter or a sub. Okay, Nathan Broadhead kind of squeezed him out in the second half of last season. But even then, he was getting on the pitch in most games. Um, The the one doubt for me with Marcus Harness is that that he's a bit loose on the ball at times. He's capable, but he, he gives it away a little bit cheaply at times. And I think the higher you go, the more likely that sort of thing is it can be punished. Um, I hope I'm wrong on him. I hope he can step up. It just feels to me like he's, he might be a top-end League One player that um, is just not quite at the level of, of Broadhead and, and others that we've, we've spoken about. But um, the boys are right. He's been he's been very good in pre-season so far. So, let's see. Yeah, that's why I picked him. Because I think going into the summer, he was one of those players we discussed being very much on the fringes going forward. Clearly, Broadhead is going to be first choice, number one with a bullet on that left side. So he looked like one that might be on the way out of the club. But by the sound of it, he's come back zeroed in, really focused and done really well in pre-season. So hence, I'm saying he could play a part as a surprise package. So three of us say Harness and Stu, you say Caden Jackson. Right then, next question in many ways is the biggest of big ones because it's to do with something that Town haven't done for almost 15 years. We have to go back to 2009 when AJ was what seven how old were you in 2009 eight eight or nine eight or nine yeah little aj in his shorts uh rossi was was, wasn't a lot older i was i was uh quite old anyway that was the last time that town beat norwich friends and of course they have a chance to do it again finally this season so the very simple question is is this the season that town finally beat those bloody canaries I'm hoping. I'd be very surprised if any of us have got a different answer here. Uh, three, two, one. Yes, go on. I'd be, I'd be a real buzzkill if one of us had put no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right then, go on, Stu. Why, why is this the season? I will say, by the way, friends, 
Um, I've been in a couple of meetings. Obviously, we have the EDP uh, over in Norwich. So I'm occasionally in meetings with people from the EDP, the, the Norwich covering paper. They're worried. They're really worried about town this season. Got a bit spicy the other day when uh, I pointed out that 4-4-2 had town as fifth in the table and Norwich in 12th. Oh, it's a stupid magazine. I don't know what I'm talking about. I said, oh, what are you saying then? Uh, well, actually, I think town probably are going to finish above. Anyway, so you're saying yes, Stewie. I put yes with an exclamation mark um, because how can you not say that at the moment given the feel-good factor around Ipswich, given that Norwich finished their lowest they have done in a while and the, the mood music surrounding them wasn't wasn't great. Um, I'm not sure that my, my real belief in it is as strong as the exclamation mark says. I do think Norwich will improve next season and annoyingly I think they've done some quite solid transfer business, sensible in their circumstances. People like um, Ashley Barnes and Shane Duffy in, in defence. Um, they've got kind of Ipswich 14-15 vibes about them, haven't they? A bit more pragmatic. Um, they'll, they'll improve on 13th last season. Um, but I, over the two games, you'd like to think Ipswich will, uh, will win one of them. Um, really looking forward to those games. It's a shame that we've got to wait till till December for the first one. It really is. That is a real shame, actually, in terms of the fixtures computer um, churning that one out. Rossi, it's going to be this season. We all think it's going to be. Um, why are you so convinced, if indeed you are absolutely convinced? It just has to be. It just has to happen this season. If it doesn't, then bloody hell. What, what is wrong <laughs> with us against Norwich? Um because, yeah, even yeah, in my lifetime as a supporter, I haven't seen many town wins against Norwich. Even when I was a kid, you know, I always looked forward to them. We had some dark times under Paul Jewell. Some of those results were not great, definitely at Porton Road. And um, we got close under Mick, didn't we? You know, Luke Chambers, late minute, well, was going to be a winner and they bloody equalised. Sorry to, you know, remind people about that. Um, but it has to be this year. You know, this is a, di a different club, different club, different manager, different owners. That game in December is going to be so big. You know, the can you imagine? Road. Can oh. you imagine what that's going to be like, friends? Oh. Uh, Thirty thousand people rammed into Portman Road, atmosphere like never before, and a genuine feeling that Town have got the upper hand finally going into that game. Rossi, how exciting is that going to be? Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm bloody buzzing for it, boy. Bloody buzzing for it. Um, yeah, it's going to be, and the players will be well up for it as well. Mm. Um, because I think maybe in previous derbies, maybe we didn't have the players who, I wouldn't say they didn't fight for the badge, but maybe they just weren't up for it as this team is. You know, you've got Connor Chaplin, Sam Morsey. You can name every player. that Luke Wolford and you know, Harry Clark, they're going to be well up for it. So just a, a, a plea to the town players, please win. Because if yeah. you don't, then bloody hell. <laughs> Sam Morsey in that game. Good Lord. Oh. I, mean, I, hope that, I don't know what they're doing with the, you know, last season they had the murals in the tunnel. Of the players and obviously we don't know what they've done this season because that's all last season's kit but when you walked out of the visitors dressing room last season you walked straight into a massive picture of sam morsey which i'm hoping they've done again this season because on derby day he's going to be immense aj this is your first season covering Ipswich town and hopefully you'll be a lucky charm you've never covered i'm assuming you've never covered any sanguine derby have you excellent um and you say yes yeah i'm going for a, a controversial answer in a way because i think that first derby at portman road i think is going to be a horrible cagey grim nil nil Ooh. i think there's i think there's, i think it's going to be 
such a nervous atmosphere. I think it will be because it's the first time in such a long time. I think it's going to be really anxiety inducing for everyone. I think it'll be the same for Norwich. I think everyone's going to be feeling it. And I can just see it being something along the lines of nil nil, two shots on target. Morsey <laughs> sent off. We'll have, I don't know, Grant Hanley sent off as well. And everyone's kind of left feeling. Ugh, ugh. I think the Carrow Road game is the one that stands out to me, especially because I think everyone wanted the derby to be in August or maybe early September. And with it not being that, I think the derby being slapped straight in the run-in uh, for the Carrow Road game, I think that's the one where things could get exciting. Because I think both teams potentially could be in and around the playoff places. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those where whoever loses that game might see their chances evaporate. And I think that's where Town, having at that point had pretty much the whole season of the championship under their belts, that's where they can strike. That's where they can show that they're the better team. They're more confident. And... I think Norwich in general, it's a, it's a strange one to try and assess Norwich as well this season. I think they've lost their star man. I think they're really going to struggle in times without uh, Pookie and the, someone who's been, you know, we have to admit it's been fantastic in the championship. You take him out of this team, are they going to find it a lot harder? I could definitely see that happening. So, yeah, KG, KG uncomfortable nil-nil at Portman Road. Then when everything's back on the line at Carrow Road and Town need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive, Norwich need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive, that's when Town go and, and win in Norfolk. It's so, hard, it's so hard to know what the mood's going to be going into those games because they're mm-hmm. so far down the track. As we sit here in the here and now, it's pretty obvious which club is feeling better about themselves. But... As we've seen with Ipswich, we went from Valentine's Day, February 14th, everyone's on the floor thinking they're going to mess up the playoffs, to that incredible run and how we're all feeling now. It's now the end of July as we speak. These games, the first game isn't until when? December 16th, 16th is it? Yeah. Who knows what how Ipswich will have started the season and how Norwich will have started the season. Everything could have flipped on its head. I hope it doesn't, but um, it's it's impossible to predict those those games so far down the track. But right here and now, how could we not, all four of us, put yes as the answer exactly. to that question? And apart from everything else we've already discussed, the main reason I think they're going to do it this season is because this town team are a different animal now. In the past, this is a, a team that crumbled in big games, collapsed under pressure. But now I think they've got that big game mentality. They showed they had in the way they turned the season around last season. And let's not forget, they go into this season unbeaten in 19 games. Um, and with the, the people like Sam Morsey and Connor Chaplin and all these kind of leaders they've got. Um, yeah, I think I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it in style, friends. Right then, next question is probably the, bit, the biggest of big ones, which is the question that really, when we come down to brass tacks, is the only one that matters. Where it's which town going to finish in the championship this coming season come the start of may where will those brave blue boys be sitting in the second tier table i'm just going to shut my window because there's a dog barking i'm going to spoil your audio pleasure friends three two one ah okay this is interesting interesting, interesting. so me and Stu have both said eighth alex is saying ninth and rossi is saying 10th. Oh, that's a bit it's a bit underwhelming. A bit underwhelming, boys. Um, I'll go first because I haven't gone first so far. I'm saying eighth. I want obviously my whole personality is largely um built around hyperbole and excitement uh and kind of heart overhead. And I I want to say town are gonna finish in the top six. That's my feeling as I sit here now. 
they're going to get into the playoffs. But that's largely built around, as Stu says, the momentum, the feeling around the club. And I'm kind of looking past everything else that's going to go on in this coming season. The, the actual scale of the step up, the quality of the teams they're going to be playing against. Um, so I don't feel like I can go with my heart here. I'm going to go with my head. I, I think, I hope Town are going to flirt with that top six all season. But I just feel when it comes down to it, I think they're just going to miss out. And I think they're going to finish eighth. But I hope we go into the kind of final few games of the season with Town very much in that mix. So I'm saying eighth. Do you agree with me? Why are you saying eighth? Similar reasons. I've just kind of gone gone through the league. I don't, I don't think there's anything to completely overwhelm Ipswich, but I think we have to remind ourselves that um, there are a few players that are going to be feeling their way into this level still at the moment. Kieran McKenna and his staff are going to be learning a new division as they go along. I think the January transfer window could, could be um, important for Ipswich as it was last season, once they've kind of worked out a few strengths and weaknesses on the job. And ultimately, that will end up with um, with, a, with a good top half finish, um, whether they'll be kind of flirting with it. There were times I was kind of tempted to bump them a little higher. I don't think it's impossible. You look at, obviously, people are talking about Luton going up, Coventry mm. and Sunderland both in the playoffs. Sunderland obviously having done that in their first season following promotion. So it, so it is doable. And I think various clubs in that division have got their challenges. But... Um, it, I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite get myself to put them put them in the top six. That's why I, I plumped with eighth in the end. Erring on the side of caution, AJ. When we come to these championship predictions, of all of us, you're the man, probably, well, certainly, in fact, with the most insight because you covered the championship last season. You covered Millwall, mm. so you've seen you've seen the teams, you've seen the standard. You're saying ninth. Why are you saying ninth? Um, it's going to be tight. I think that from what I had covering Millwall, where they could have finished on the final day anywhere between about 5th and 12th. It's, it's really going to be toss a coin. You can end up either side of it. Um, I think Town, I, I think the Sunderland game to start off with is pretty hard one, but I think they can feel their way into the, the season quite well. It is a step up to make. Um, Stu's point on the, the Luton thing and the Sunderland thing and in terms of the fact that they've been able to kind of fight against the odds and go up. I definitely think that there is a view with that, for sure. I also think that teams are going to be very aware of what town are capable of. Then There's no one's going to come in and think, oh, it's just Ipswich will brush them off. Like, mm. they probably have done to an extent with Sunderland last year, definitely definitely with Luton over the last couple of seasons. Everyone is going to know what town are capable of and how much damage they can do in this division. You see it with the previews. I've seen people have town top two. We've seen 4-4-2 have them fifth. Everyone knows. That's why I think it might be a little bit harder because no one's going to be in the mood to take it easy on them. I think they'll definitely be in the conversation and I think they'll be in the conversation for pretty much the whole season. Is it this one? Probably not. I think that there is a lot of strength towards the top of the division. I argue there's maybe a, a spot in there in the top six for a quote-unquote weaker team outside of the real heavyweights. But I think that they're, yeah, they'll be in the mix. It will be tight. It will probably come down to the run-in. Uh, not for me this year. It will be a, a season of building, letting everyone know what the club is about and then seeing if uh, they can crack the top six next season. Rossi, you're saying 10th. 
Yeah, maybe the, the negative out of all of us. But um, I think that's a solid first season back in the championship. I know Sunderland, they went up and got into the playoffs straight away. Um, but I'm just looking at the table now. And as, as Alex said, you know, they're, they're so tight. In that top half of the table, you know, Sunderland 69, Blackburn 69 in seventh, Millwall 68, West Brom 66, Swansea in 10th with 66, even Watford in 11th, 63. So it's tight in that, that, sort of top half trying to get into the playoffs. So I think that could, it, it may go down to the final day. As as Alex said, you know, Millwall could have finished fifth or 12th in the end. And of course, they eventually finished eighth. So I've gone for that. I've, I've heard a few people, you know, very positive about town, you know, that, you know, because we've got like, you know, the mood right now and the buzz is, is fantastic. But I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a bit cautious because yeah, you don't want to get too carried away. Normally I would go, yeah, go on then. Back, back promotions, let's do it. But there's some big teams in this division, some really good managers as well. Kieran McKenna is a great manager. Of course he is, but there's some other good managers here as well. So um, I'm looking forward to the season, but I'm just being a bit cautious. I'm not getting too carried away. Some people, other podcasts I've heard, they're predicting, yeah, town to in the top six, possibly back-back promotions. But no, let's, let's calm down and let's see how we get on. Just so on that point, Stewie, there's a, there's a danger. Like It feels like... We're saying eighth, ninth, and tenth there, and there's a danger that that would feel now like a disappointment because there's so much kind of momentum behind the club, and everyone's thinking. Even the players are talking about back-to-back promotion and no reason we can't be up there. But that would be that would be a solid situation, wouldn't it? If they can finish yeah. in the top ten, I don't think you'll hear McKenna and the players expressly sort of talk about going for promotion. I think they've they've talked about you know wanting to attack the championship and not just make up the numbers but ultimately I think in-house there'll be there's there's high high ambitions and mm. this club wants to get to the Premier League uh, sooner rather than later and they've got the resources to do that but I think this first season is a just kind of I think it's sensible to feel your way into it and not make any rash decisions Mark Ashton's talked about not being led by emotions they could have gone they could have got dragged into the Ellis Sims situation quite early on um and I still think there might be some spending to come. Um, it's been a slow market and all of these conversations could change quite quickly, you know, given we've still got a bit of business to be done. But um, yeah, right here and now, maybe maybe people are getting a little bit carried away with the, with the feel-good factor and the nature of promotion last season. Um, I, the positions that we've all come up with, I think that would... Um, and if, if the football continues to be good and easy on the eye and people are enjoying it and it's packed houses week after week and they finish somewhere in that top half, that has to be seen as a, a good step forwards, I would suggest. Hmm. OK, right then, let's rattle through the rest of the league predictions then, shall we, boys, which starts with who we think are going to be the top two. Um, I will get you to write these ones down. We maybe won't bother with the playoffs because that's four teams. It takes a bit of time to write it down unless you've come pre-armed like Roscoe. You can still show that, Rossi. Don't you worry. Sasha's work has not gone to waste. Um, who is going to finish top two in the championship this season? None of us think Ipswich Town are going to be in there, which is a shame. Hopefully we are surprised. It wouldn't be the first time. Right then, top two in the championship next season or this season. I'm we're in that kind of weird point now, aren't we? Is it this season? Is it next We're season? into this season now. This season. Yeah, I would Stu, say so. Stu said, we'll go with this season. Right then. Three, two, one. Okay. Okay, right. So I've got Leicester and Leeds. Rossi's got Leicester and Coventry. Stu's got Leicester and Borough. 
And interestingly, AJ, the man who covered the championship last season, has gone completely left field and gone for Southampton and Coventry. AJ, explain yourself. Um, I think that there's a general consensus there's a bit of a toss-up between Leicester and Southampton in this league. I think Leicester have the strongest squad. I also think they're going to have the most turbulent summer in the fact they have lost a few players. They've still got a load of work to do, though. They've not spent a huge amount, and they've still probably got quite a few bodies to leave. I feel that Southampton, maybe aside from the James Ward-Prowse situation, who will probably move on, will end up uh, largely with the same squad, maybe barring a couple of departures, and it looks so strong. Especially if they keep the likes of Nathan Teller, they keep the likes of Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong with Blackburn in the championship absolutely tore its pieces. And I think if you put it in a team, especially under Russell Martin, who has a point to prove to an extent, but loves his possession-based attacking football, you put the quality of the team with a manager like him, and I think that they will just... They could do a Burnley if they get things right. Work to be done. Uh, but I think they'd probably be in a better position to uh, tackle the championship straight off the back than say, a Leicester, for example, and the Leeds as well. Coventry lost Jokeres, but they are so good with recruitment and they've got so much money to play with. I think that Milan van Ewijk, who came in from the Eredivisie, I think it was at Heeren Vane, one of the fastest players in that league, really great right-wing back option. Ellis Sims, obviously, we know all about. If you've got the money to spend on an Ellis Sims, why not go and do it? I think that he could definitely be a top striker at this level. Um, and I think... They've got the feel-good factor. I don't necessarily think that they'll be knocked by the playoff final defeat. And they know the league. They know the league better than a, a Leicester, especially with the group they've got. And to an extent, maybe the same with Leeds, who will come down with a lot of Premier League players. And there are other teams a little bit lower down who are feeling the turbulence of it all. So those would be my top two, I think. Southampton have the quality. And Coventry, aside from the departures, they'll strengthen well and they also have the stability. Mm. Okay, that's the voice of the man who covered the championship last season. Very reasoned. Um, Stu, I think the rest of us all had Leicester top of the table. Who did you have second? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. On you go. I'll start, I'll start with Leicester because I think they've got Newcastle vibes from the year that they, they blew everybody away in the championship. I think they've done their housekeeping really early. It's difficult when teams come down to kind of get their house in order, but... They've moved quite quickly. They've got Enzo Maresca in as their new manager, Manchester City assistant manager, who is a bit of an unknown quantity. But if he can kind of get sort of channel his Guardiola vibes, that could be very interesting. But more importantly, they've they've managed to kind of sell Madison and Barnes relatively early, bank that money, and the players they've signed just look like really good championship signings. Connor Cody, Harry Winks. Callum Doyle, who, who did it in the division last season. They've spent six, seven million on a goalkeeper. Um, I can't look beyond them for the title, to be honest. Um, second was was a bit more difficult. And I just think Middlesbrough, the way they finished last season under Michael Carrick, his first full season, McKenna's old colleague at Manchester United, I think very similar philosophies, has got them playing some really good football. And they've kept hold of Akpom. For now, um, they've got Dieng in as their new goalkeeper. Morgan Rogers, I think, is an interesting signing. A few wild cards from from abroad as well, but but the Carrick factor was the the thing and the consistency and and the feel like they've got a bit of momentum with them. So 
Um, that's why I plumped for Middlesbrough. Okay, Rossi, you had Leeds. Uh, sorry, Leicester and Coventry United. No, Coventry City. Where do I get United? Famously, <laughs> that's a women's, that's a women's <laughs> team. Formerly women's team. Uh, sorry, any Coventry City fans listening. Um, yeah, they'll be actually happy because I put them in the top two. Um, you know, they missed out. They they played Luton, of course, in the playoff final. Um, and yeah, I just think Mark Robbins has done some really good business, some signed some really good players. Of course, signed Ellis Sims. Of course, they've sold uh, the other striker. Can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to. Actually, Alex, pronounce his name. No, oh, come on. Give it a go. You're not going to improve. Can you try don't. it? And then I'll, uh, I'll come in. Uh, don't pronounce the G. Uh, it's like a Y. Yeah. Yeah, Chris. You, Chris? That's pretty close. Pretty close. Chris. Yeah. Chris. Good effort, Ross. See? Yeah, well there we go. Thanks, thanks, lads. Thanks, lads. Uh, but they've signed some great players. You know, they've signed Jada Silva um, from Bristol City. He's a good player. He's, you know, he's just he's a player. He's played at this division. Um, and I think Mark Robbins is a good manager as well. He's been there for a few years. He's been building this team. And with the momentum from last year, I think they're going to be up there. And um, I think they're going to get into the top two. And Leicester, just echo what Stu said, really, they've spent a bit of money. Enzo Maresca, I think he's going to be a top manager. Um, you know, he's worked under Pep. He's worked some other places. So I think he's going to be um, the manager to look out for this year. And yeah, I think they are going to steamroll some teams. Uh, but Town are going to beat Leicester. It's my, one of my hot takes, because why not? Okay, like it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but I live with a Leicester fan. Uh, my wife is a, a Leicester fan. Of many years standing, and she's feeling pretty bloody good about the championship season this season. Very confident. Um, and yeah, it's hard to look past them when I look with my uneducated eye, at least at the championship. I can see them sweeping all beside them. So I'm saying Leicester and Leeds. Right then, playoffs, Rossi, because you've written yours down. Do you want to flash yours up and then we can talk about it from there? Because I can't be bothered to write four teams down, I've got to be honest. Okay. Oh, done. Sunderland, Leeds, Borough and Southampton. Okay. Um, Stewie, do you want to say who you've got? I wrote them down. Oh, you've written them down? I've copped out. I've got a little question mark in there. I'm really struggling with a sixth team. I will give you one, but I've got Leeds, Coventry, Southampton, and I'm really struggling to pick another team, which is why... When I was looking at this, I'm thinking that's why it kept nagging at me. Maybe Ipswich could sneak in there, you know. Because I'm looking at some of these teams and I'm thinking Sunderland, they've lost Diallo, who scored a lot of goals for them last season. Blackburn's rumours of um, John Dale Thomason not being happy with his budget. Millwall, always solid, always there or thereabouts. But can you really... Do, do I think they've got enough to get into the top six? Don't know. Then there's that little middle pack of West Brom, Swansea, Watford, maybe even Norwich. Could somebody have a little run from there and improve? Possibly, but really struggling to pick that that sixth team. Um, I think it would have to be a wild card pick. I'll chuck one in there. I'll say, I'm going to say Swansea. I'm going to say Swansea. I think there's always somebody that sort of improves and makes big, big progress. As we speak, they're keeping hold of Joel Piro, who scored yeah. a, a load of goals in previous seasons. They've added Jerry Yates to that. And I think Michael Duff is a really smart replacement for Russell Martin. Um, slight style shift for them. But um, yeah, I think they might be a team that, that uh, makes some good progress this year. So just, just review then, who have you got? Leeds, Coventry, Southampton and Swansea. 
Okay. AJ, you said when we talked about this earlier, you said you, you think there might be a wild card team ending up in that top six. Yeah. Someone who I covered the championship last season. Who do you think is going to be in the in the playoff places? I have Leicester finishing third, shaky start, come good. It'll be one of those where if they played like that from the start, they would have blitzed the league. Uh, I think it'll be one of those leads after that, and then Sunderland with them. My wild card position, I was hoping that Stu wouldn't say it, and he did say it. Unfortunately, it's Swansea City. I think that the Michael Duff factor is going to be really important. I think he's a really great manager. Uh, Joel Peru, as it stands, that deal is off. He apparently, from what I've seen, is quite keen to hold on for this season and then move to Italy, I believe, on a free a pre-contract arrangement at the end of the season. So if they can keep hold of him, then I think that will be a, another fantastic top-end addition. Have him up front with Jerry Yates, other signings in there, Josh Key, Josh Ginelli from Hearts. These are either young, exciting players, Josh Key, for example, who's, who's been really good for Exeter. Uh, Ginelli had that experience at Preston. I think Preston fans are fairly uh, certain that he'll score against them as uh a lot of people who uh, watch championship rivals sign their, their former players are. Um, I think that there's been a few dark clouds over there. I don't know if anyone remembers when Russell Martin did that press conference after a fairly disastrous January transfer window where he had his whole coaching staff with him. Uh, they all stood around him for the, the press conference. And I know that there are some ownership issues there as well. I think that Duff just brings stability. And bringing stability into a side that need it, but also have the quality, definitely puts them into uh, a wild card territory, especially when there are so many teams in kind of this position of disarray. You look at Watford or West Brom and Norwich, all teams you'd expect to be there. But uh, I don't necessarily know if they've, they've got the same level of stability as Swansea will have under Duff. Okay. Just to round out the, uh, the circle, I've got Southampton, Sunderland, Middlesbrough and Coventry. So a lot of the same sides cropping up. Um, Swansea, backed by both Stu and AJ. Well, then, Dark Horse time. Now, maybe Swansea might feature again here, because you've just you've just voiced them. But let's write this one down, because it's only one team. I can extend to that, and Ross has already done it. Um, <laughs> Stu's, Stu's really <laughs> labouring over these decisions. He's got a few, a few ones to think about again. Three, two, one. Uh, okay. So Stu's got Bristol City. AJ's got Swansea for reasons just discussed. Rossi's got Ipswich. And I, friends, have gone very bold with Plymouth. Um, Ross, Ipswich is the wild card, the dark horse. <laughs> Once again, I, I actually had Stoke City originally because I think um, Alex Neil has signed some good players and I think they're rebuilding there because they released so many players. But do you know what? I know I purchased Town Temp, which you'd think is that dark horse material because that's not playoffs or anything. But I think we are going to surprise a few this year. I think there's some... I've been speaking to some fans and they're like, I think yeah, McKenna's done a good job. It's just done a good job in League One. But can they do it in the Championship? And I think we are going to surprise a few. We're going to surprise a few pundits as well. Um, I think we are going to flirt with the playoffs at the start of the season. And we'll, we'll flirt all, all throughout this season. Um, but I'm backing the boys to do well, and I think we'll just be dark horses. I'm not sure that qualifies as a dark horse, to be honest, but I'll, I'll let it go. Um, we've already spoken with AJ about Swansea. Stuart, you said Bristol City. Yeah, I could have put Swansea in there, I suppose, but I just thought uh, to mix it up, I'd pick somebody else. Um, toyed with Watford. I think uh, Valerian Ishmael 
his high-intensity style of football kind of got Barnsley in the top six a few seasons ago. They've got in Reese Healy's quite an interesting one from Toulouse, but a plump with Bristol City, who finished 14th last season. It, it's always felt like Bristol as a city, really. It's amazing that they've never had uh, a club in, in the Premier League. Um, Nigel Pearson knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He laid the foundations for Leicester's in, incredible rise towards that Premier League title. Um, I think they're they're starting to build quite nicely now. Hayden Roberts, Rob Dickey, I think is a good signing. Jason Knight, who we know Ipswich were, were looking at at one stage. Whether there's enough goals at the top end of the pitch remains to be seen, but I think they'll make some good progress. And I'm not sure it'll be this season for top six for them, but I think they're a, a club that is trending upwards. Okay. Uh, great Nigel Pearson story, of course. I'm sure you've heard it about him fighting off a pack of wild dogs when he was walking, blinding them all with his walking stick. That's the sort of gaffer he is. Um, I've gone for Plymouth. I've gone for Plymouth basically because I think most people are going to say they're going to struggle. They're going to get relegated. They're, I think they're among the favourites to get relegated. But the, kind of look past what they did last season. It, Plymouth won the League One last season. They did that on the back of incredible team chemistry um, and incredible desire. Uh, and knowing they're going to this season as almost universally picked out of to struggle, I think they might just surprise a few people. I'm not saying they're going to finish top half. I'm not saying they're going to be surging towards the playoffs. I just think they might do better than people expect. So I'm saying Dark Horse. Obviously, they've made a couple of good signings. They've got Mumba back, haven't they, as well, which is interesting. Right then, so we've got Plymouth, we've got Bristol City, we've got Swansea, and we've got Ipswich Town. Relegated then. Who are the three sides that are going to be going down at the end of the season? Who, who are we starting with? Am I, I, am I going to... No, I'm waiting for Sue to write things down. Have you written it uh, down? We got... I, didn't yet, re- uh... I didn't know if we were writing these or... I've got them. I've got mine written, yeah. It's not great for the audio. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't a bird flying in the window. That was me. Do we flapping. have any other stories of the tour flapping, we can tell while we wait? <laughs> flapping my paper. Go on. Right then, three, two, one. All right then. I've got QPR, Rotherham, Sheffield, Wednesday. AJ's got QPR, Sheffield, Wednesday, Preston. Ross has got exactly the same as me, QPR, Rotherham, Sheffield, Wednesday. And Stewie's got Rotherham, Cardiff, QPR. So QPR is a side that features on all of our tips, Stewie. They, they look like they're in trouble, QPR. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't get good vibes around them as a club. They feel like they're sort of, they just about stayed up last season. They've lost Dieng, their goalkeeper. They've lost Dickey, an influential centre-half. Gareth Ainsworth is a manager that's not got bags of experience at this level. Um, we'll try and play a certain way. Will that be enough to keep them up? Not not convinced. Okay. Um, where should we go next? AJ, who did you have? QPR? QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Preston North End. Interesting. I've got Sheffield Wednesday as well. Uh, why have you got the teams you predict? Um, Sheffield Wednesday, off-field carnage turmoil um, turmoil absolute yeah. disarray not convinced by cisco munoz um i think that if things go south early on i think he could potentially be someone that's in trouble just because i think that uh he's the, the they've got the kind of owner there that uh would be i could see them end up ending up going down the, the similar kind of hiring and firing of watford's ways and then i've gone with preston because there's always a 
a quote-unquote bigger team that goes down. I've always thought that Preston would be a side that would eventually build towards the top six. I think Ryan Lowe is a good manager. I think that when he doesn't have Schumacher as his number two, he's not as good a manager. And I think their recruitment's just a little bit. Uh, not a big fan. Mads Frockyar Jensen we saw play uh, when we went up to Deepdale. Didn't think he did anything too exciting. Dwayne Holmes, Will Keane, both solid championship players. But it's a squad that I think are just lacking in quite a few areas. I think maybe if they get Tom Cannon back, could it change things potentially? But I just think with the, the core group they've got there and with the fact that throughout pre-season, the, the vibe from the fans has been we're better off playing the youth because they, they don't have the, the support in the first team there. I think that they will struggle. And as I said, there will always be one kind of big team that goes down. I toyed with the idea of going with Rotherham, but I just think overall their signings have been good and they just feel very solid in general. I think that they have found their feet a little bit more now in the championship. I like Fred Onyadin were coming in. They've got Grant Hall, Dylan Phillips. Uh, they've added Cafu, not that Cafu, but another Cafu from Nottingham Forest who's going to come in and play with Ben Wiles in midfield. These are all top-end League One players, I would say. And if you're, generally speaking, a top-end League One player and you're in a top-end League One squad, you've probably got enough to survive in the championship. Fair enough. And Rossi, you've agreed with me. QPR, Rotherham... And Sheffield Wednesday. Is there anything you want to add there? I think, you know, Rotherham are that yo-yo team, aren't they? League One Championship, you know, that is just guaranteed for them. And they stayed up last year, which was fair play to them. You know, losing Paul Warren in, I think, was it October or mm. late September? And of course, Matt Taylor came in, did a great job at Exeter City. Um, and, they, yeah, they stayed up. They've lost Ogbené. He's gone to Luton, of course. And I just, I don't know. I just think second season syndrome... Will hit them. Um, I like Rotherham actually. I've, I've always had good chats with um, Matt um, Lax, who does the uh, Rotherham podcast, and I always, always like chatting with him. Um, so I won't say this to his face, but um, I think they'll probably go down. Um, <laughs> Not because so, I'm scared yeah. of him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, only, I only talk to him on the screen, so it's fine. But uh, but yeah, I just think they're gonna. I think they're gonna struggle. But I do agree actually with Alex about Preston because yeah, their recruitment's not been great, and um, yeah. They were pretty poor, weren't they, in that game up yeah. there in pre-season? So, yeah. I can, I can see why you've gone down that route. Okay. The only other thing I have to add on that is uh, formerly a man formerly of this parish, Sheffield Wednesday fan, Chris Brammer, Stewie, has mm. backed Ipswich to win the title. To win the title? To win the title. Wow. Just out of interest. Um, I, I think he's fearing the season ahead for Wednesday. Okay. Um, so let's see how that plays out. Do you want me right. to just round it off? I had Cardiff in my bottom three. I've got. Okay. Eventually, I went for the three teams that just cheated the the, the drop or just beat the drop last season, um, and I put Cardiff in there. They've got a completely unproven manager in the Championship in Errol Bulu, who's come over from Turkey. He's managed Fenerbahce, but might take him a while to find his feet. I'm not convinced by the Aaron Ramsey signing. I think that might be a bit more on the romantic mm. front. Um, so I've gone with those three. But um, Sheffield Wednesday, for the reasons discussed, off-field stuff. I thought about it, but I think they've got some. I think they've got some solid championship players in there. Plymouth, I'm, I toyed with as well, you know, because I, I like the way they went up. I like Schumacher. But they did win a lot of fine margin games last season, and it became a bit of sort of a running joke that, you know, they were sort of 
overplaying the XP and all of that, and maybe their luck would run out at some point, and it didn't. Um, goals. I'm not sure if they've got enough goals in that team. They've lost Niall Edis. Yes, it's great they've got Whitaker and Mumba back, but that, that would be the main question mark against Plymouth for me. Maybe some of those one-goal victories might start swinging the other way at a higher level, but I've got them to stay up. Okay. All right, then, friends, that brings us to the end, then, of this season preview prediction show. Apart from one more thing, which is an annual tradition, I want us all to go around the room and come up with an Ipswich Town hot take. It can be anything at all to do with Ipswich Town and the coming season, as wild as you fancy. Uh, a couple of you have already gone early with what I consider hot take predictions. Um, Roscoe, you said that they're going to beat Leicester. Uh, AJ, you actually predicted the outcomes of both Derby games. So you can't have those as your hot takes. Um, I'm going to invite, first of all, Stewie. What's your what's your, what's your hot take? Your hottest of hot takes for the season? Uh, my hottest of hot takes is I was struggling for one of these as just as we started. So a hot take is something that comes to your mind. You think it, you say it. And this was something that came into my mind. At some stage in the season, Wes Burns will play it right back. Okay. Uh, Harry Clark nagging Achilles issue. That, yeah, always, right, that, that, that always concerns me. They're a bit of a, a ticking time bomb. They, that will need to be managed. Um, suspended for the opening game, of course. You would imagine Janoi Danassian will will play there. But that right wing slot that Wes has made his own over the last couple of seasons, more competition there with Amar Amari Hutchinson in, um, cutting in on his left foot. So Wes Burns has played sort of that right wing back role. He has played right back in the past. If they want to go a bit more attack minded at, at some stage, um, then maybe we'll see Burns there. The hottest of hot takes from the mind of Watson. Roscoe, what's your hot, steaming hot, smoking hot take? Hmm. Now, <laughs> yeah. bear with me. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not, you know, extraordinary hot take. But um, this team scores goals. And you know what? They're going to be frustrated in some games. But they're going to score in every 46 championship games. Home every and away. single championship game they're going to score yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. At least that one. is bold. That is yeah. bold. So okay, I like it. That's exactly the sort of hot take that I want. Get yeah. the people going. I think there'll be, as I said, there will be some games. I think they'll get frustrated in, and they may, you know, draw nil nil. But I, I just think they're going to score goals. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bear with me. That's what I was thinking before doing this hot take. But I thought, no, no. Actually, I think we'll grind out a goal somewhere. Okay. Um, and I think, like, we're going to lose games, of course. But I think we're going to we're going to score. We could score a consolation, or we can take the lead and we can lose. But every four or six games in the championship, we're going to score at least one. Apart from the nil nils. But potentially. <laughs> Lovely. That's a classic Ross hot take. I absolutely love it. AJ, give us a hot take. Your first hot take. Yeah, I was also going to go down the right flank. Right back situation. My hot take, first one that came to mind when I was planning this out last night. I think that Dom Bull will quickly become Town's first choice right back. Oh, I think is that is that good? Are we happy with that? that I think hot. that um, I think Harry Clark, as we've mentioned, the injury issue concerns me a little bit. Whenever I've spoken to McKenna about it, he seemed a little bit concerned. Maybe I'm reading into that too much. Obviously, we don't really know how that one's going to pan out. Um, and I think Bull, for starters, I think will start up at Sunderland. I think he'll, he'll be the one who goes in and over Donassian. And I think he's just going to perform well and be really solid. He's motivated. He's 
he's determined to bounce back from this injury, the first one he's had in, I think he said, 10 years, wasn't it? So he's, he's motivated to come back in and perform at the top level. He has experience playing at this level. And I think he's just going to be a really solid, dependable uh, player in that back line. He's going to end up becoming the man that uh, Town rely on at right back. That is nice. I like that. Right then, my hot take, friends. Uh, my hot takes last couple of seasons have been table related, which I've had success with. So I want to continue the trend. The year after the Demolition Man summer, I said that Town would spend considerable time in the bottom half. That proved to be so. Last season, I said they wouldn't be in the bottom half at all, all season. That proved to be so. This season, friends, I'm saying that at some point this season, not like after a game, from talking after the first five games, then it becomes qualifying. Ipswich Town, friends, will be top of the table at some point this season. That's my smoking hot take. It may be ludicrous. It may be completely wrong. Probably will be, but I'm going with it. Town will be top of the table at some point this season. And that brings us to the close of play, to use a cricket term, on this Ipswich Town football podcast. Anything else you want to mention, friends? We've done uh, 75 minutes. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of work to do uh, this week. It's going to be a busy one ahead of the uh, the game at Sunderland. I don't know if we're going to be able to do another one, specifically looking forward to Sunderland as a podcast. But I imagine there'll be a fan social at some point with our Ross this week. Yeah, that's the plan. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Okay. Anything else to mention? And Stewie, you're here for a couple of days, then you're off. You'll miss the Sunderland game. You'll miss the Carabao Cup game, which I'm sure you're gutted about. You'll return fit and ready, raring to go. For the uh, the Stoke game, the first home game of the season, um, what would you like yeah, to see? Yeah, I haven't lost come... my place in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what would you coming back? Take your Mickey Mouse ears off. You come back to Portman Road on that that first Saturday. What would you hope to have seen Town do in that first week of the season or so? Win. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I'd, uh, not lose. <laughs> Secondary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what well, I don't know what more to say about that. Really, I think it's important. I know we talk a lot about it'll be about performance levels and stuff like that, but I do think results are going to be important early on, just to just to settle in and not not blow away any of this. All the feel good factor that we're talking about at the moment. Can they be top six? People, you know, that could dissipate quite quickly, or some doubts could sort of come in. Maybe, maybe just a sort of reality check. Wouldn't be the worst thing, but we, you know, just get off to a decent, decent, solid start, and that mm. that means not losing your first game. Hopefully, mm. AJ, you're about to embark on your first season covering Ipswich Town in the Championship. You've covered a few games solo. You're going to be going to Sunderland uh, with the boy Rossi. How are you feeling on the eve of the the big KO? Um, I feel again like I'm just there's so many miles. Isn't that we've had one of the most demanding pre seasons humanly possible? We've flown across Europe twice. We've gone to Preston in the midweek. I've done a mad dash between Cambridge and Stevenage with Ross in the car. And just as you want things to settle down, we're being sent to Sunderland for the first game. Um, yeah, it's going to be a demanding few days ahead of a demanding weekend. But as I said, the buzz is. Uh, I think what keeps all of us going, and I really hope Town don't lose that on the uh, the first game. Sunderland's always a nightmarish kind of place to go because I've covered Cambridge up there; they lost five one. I covered Millwall up there; they lost three nil. So my two trips to the stadium of light have been an aggregate score of eight one. 
just for anyone who's uh, really looking forward to this weekend. Um, <laughs> That'd be a real buzzkill, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sunderland, so I just, I five, Ipswich Town, nil. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them to get thrashed is the yeah. main thing. Um, I think the general feeling is if they can avoid defeat and play well, especially against a team that are going to be full of motivation and with an absolutely colossal uh, attendance live on TV, then I think all good. Do that. Carry that on into the Carabao. Just rotate the whole squad. And uh, then we're right into the thick of it properly, aren't we? Mm. Rossi, your final thoughts? Bring it on. Looking forward to it. And um, I'm sure the fans are going to be selling out that away end home. And, you know, Portland Road is going to be buzzing in at that Stoke game. Um, and yeah, shout out to, to all the fans who want to get involved in game day. You know, I want to get as many voices heard on, on that series. So if you mm. want to get involved, some new faces will be good. So uh, yeah, get in contact because, um, yeah. It's always good to hear from fans after the game and definitely now in the championship. Last time we were in the championship and I was speaking to fans, it was very doom and gloom. So, uh, yeah, some positive thoughts going into the championship. So, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Right then. The, the season preview podcast is in the books. Just to remind you to support our sponsor, please use the code KOA. Uh, Manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. They've got the beard trimmer. They've got the uh, the face shaver, actually. I know they've, they've launched as well. A proper, like, shaver as opposed to a beard trimmer. You can get involved in that as well. Plus, obviously, the intimate intimate shavers for your summer body, your, your summer holiday. Uh, and also, what's the other thing they do? Ah, the weed whacker. There we go. Get involved in that, your nose and your ears. No one wants a, a hairy nose at this time of year, especially. Uh, not that you ever do. Uh, and also, friends, support Ginger Pickle. If you need help with your, your Google ads, your Google ranking, your SEO, all that kind of stuff, get involved with the boys at Ginger Pickle. Tony Southgate and the guys there are the ones you want to get involved with. Please, if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it from. Um, just helps it drop into your feed straight away so you get it straight away and also it helps us visibility wise in the charts and also leaves a five-star review on itunes because again that helps lift us in those charts and helps more people find the koa and join the army look out as i said for the omari hutchinson shirt competition launching on wednesday look out too for the flash sale launching on wednesday subscribe you need to be a subscriber if you want to get that omari hutchinson get yourself some koa clubber as ross is promoting use the link on all our social media just to get yourself togged up for the season cups t-shirts hoodies all sort of stuff, hats. Uh, and also, friends, there will be a big kickoff supplement in print if you still buy a paper. God bless you on Friday. Um, that'll be coming out on Friday. And not, normally, I'd finish this show, friends, with a rabble rousing, quite shouty, excitable uh, kind of outro. But I've just realized I haven't done one. Um, so, all I would say, friends, is Ipswich Town are back in the championship. It's brilliant. Let's just enjoy the season. We've been on this massive, ridiculous roller coaster for Ipswich Town, most of which has been like this, certainly for the time that me and Stu have been covering it. But for that, finally, friends, we're, we're heading up on that big dipper. And there's going to be some bumps on the road. There surely is this season. Let's try and enjoy the ride. Ipswich Town are going back in the right direction. They're back in the championship. Follow all with us. I can't wait. We'll speak to you next bloody, ruddy time. Mm-hmm.